Hi, I'm Stacy Hyde and I'm back for another episode of Better Financial Health in 15 Minutes or Less. And today I want to circle back and kind of bring together a couple of topics I've talked about in the past. Savings, inflation, and this kind of crazy financial world we're living in right now. Particularly, I want to talk about what do you do if your cash flow is really good right now and maybe you had been paying on your mortgage, extra on your mortgage, you've got some savings and you're really trying to figure out what should I be doing? Well, the first thing I would say is really pay attention to that emergency fund. And by emergency fund, I don't mean company stock. I don't mean investments. I mean cash in the bank. Um, could be cash at home. Be careful with that. Make sure it's in a fireproof safe and you've taken proper precautions if you do keep a large amount of cash. But assuming it's cash in banks, um, for a long time, it didn't really matter where you kept it. You weren't really earning anything. But now some of the online accounts like Discover Bank, Ally Bank, um, banks along those lines are actually paying 1% interest. While that doesn't sound like a huge amount of money, it can really add up over time. And so I'd encourage you, if your savings is getting to $10,000, $25,000 or even more, that you consider using one of those because you can link your primary bank account and transfer money back and forth. It also ties into what I've said before about making it a little bit harder to get because yes, you can transfer for free, from your core bank account to your online savings account and back with no charge, but it's gonna take about three days for that money to hit your account. So hopefully that'll make you think a little bit harder about using that money for an impulse purchase um, instead of a real true emergency like, it's been really hot here, your AC's gone out and it's gonna take five or $10,000 to fix it. Those are the things that an emergency fund is designed to help you through. The other thing is, is paying down on a mortgage that may be 3% or even less. With interest rates going up and new mortgages costing quite a bit more, that is less of a great idea, especially given kind of the uncertainty in the economy and the desire to have extra funds on hand. Now, if you're one of the fortunate people where you already have a fully funded emergency fund and you have this extra cash flow and you're taking full advantage of your retirement plan at work, and by that, I don't just mean saving as much as they match, I mean, saving 10%, 15% into your 401k, um, preferably some of that going into a Roth 401k, if that's an option, particularly if you are, mm, um, this is a trickier one, if you're under 40 or so, that may be something that you really want to consider making a large portion of your investments the um, Roth. But that's a little bit fact dependent. Like I said before um, in an earlier podcast, you may want to go and run last year's and take some of the money out of pre-tax, put it in Roth and see how much it increases your taxes. Because there are some instances, particularly for a married couple, if your income 
is over about 120,000, that next dollar may push you into a higher tax bracket and that jumps from 12 to 22%. So in that case, while Roth is great, you also may want to make sure that switching everything to Roth is not going to push you into a higher tax bracket. And so if you've done that, if you've got your emergency fund, you're taking full advantage of your retirement accounts, what to do with that other money? Well, the good thing about markets being down is essentially they've gone on sale. Will they get lower? It's possible, but they're certainly cheaper than they were at the start of the year. So if you want to get started investing, I recommend staying away from individual stocks and investing in index type funds or exchange traded funds that own broad baskets of securities. And the reason for that is who knows what the next Apple or Google is going to be, or even the next Tesla. But we do know that if you want a broad basket of stocks in the US, internationally, smaller company stocks, then you're gonna do pretty much what the market does. And over time, the markets have averaged around 10%. Um, smaller companies more, international not as much um, recently, but so you might want to put together a portfolio and you can do that and have what I would consider a globally diversified portfolio by owning three funds or three ETFs, you know, a U.S. based uh, fund, a small cap fund and a, what they call a global XUS, meaning it's the whole world minus the U.S. And then if you wanted something um, a little bit safer, that would be above and beyond your emergency fund, depending on your income bracket. If you're in the 12% or less, you could use taxable bonds. I would still say mid to shorter term on those. And then if you're in the higher tax bracket, you'd want to look at what that we call tax exempt bonds, meaning that the interest on those bonds is exempt from federal income tax. And by doing that, you're building your wealth, um, outside of your retirement plan, it gives you some liquidity and that you could tap for future use, kids college, retiring early, um, extra vacations, that sort of thing there. So I think it's a good idea to prepare, sort of layer in those things. Also, don't forget about series I bonds. I did an episode on that back in March with the interest rates on I bonds being 9.62% right now. That's worth going back and listening to if you have it. And thanks for tuning in. This has been another episode of Better Financial Health in 15 Minutes or Less.